and welcome to Rolling Bones, the Osteopathic Podcast with your hosts, Dr. James and Dr. Dante. Today we have a very special guest, a good friend of ours and our clinic director, so we're glad to have her here, Dr. Maria Crompton. Dr. Maria, thank you for joining us today. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're, we're excited to have you on. Now, we've been talking about all sorts of stress, bad stress, good stress, how you can use good stress to heal your body. And the reason the reason we brought you on is because you like to run, and, uh, and, and Dr. Don't. Dante and I do not. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. As as we said uh, at the end of the last episode, it's you got to find the thing that jives with you, right? Like, I like hitting things and getting punched in the face, so I do things that get me punched in the face and let me hit them back. Um, Whereas some folks maybe aren't about getting, you know, hit that aggressively. You do you. Um, yeah, the best exercise is the exercise you're willing to do and the exercise you you enjoy. So you might as true. well do something you enjoy, right? Yep, yep, yep. So so what, what got you into running in the first place? So, well, I, like you, uh, hated running. I, I used to hate running. And, um, you know, I was more into team sports and things like that. But um, the thing that actually got me into running was my sister. She was into running. And um, okay. honestly, I just wanted to spend more time with her. And uh, so I just started running. I picked a race and uh, trained for it uh, to do it with her. And um, and it was a lot of fun. It actually brought us a lot closer together. Was that a 5K? Was it like a, a five-mile type of thing, a half marathon? What, what was your first race? So that in particular was the the Big D Dallas Half Marathon. Oh uh, wow! April. Your first race was a half marathon. No, no, I had done I had done several five Ks, like um, like here and there. Like I would do. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would do Race for the Cure, and um, actually, I think my very first five K might have been the one on TCOM, like my first year of <laughs> TCOM. Oh, like the downtown, um, <clears throat> but the five K version. Uh. I think TCOM actually held one like as a fundraiser, okay. but okay. I had done several um, the of the Coleman, like the race for the cure five Ks um, just to sure, participate, sure. you know, not to like race them or anything, but that was the first like big um, race event is that half marathon I trained for with my sister. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. That's awesome. So I, I have to ask you, um, in the the time that you started running to this time you actually went and started doing those races, did you notice any uh, change in your overall sense of wellness or well-being? Oh, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, once you commit to a running schedule or, or any sort of routine exercise, you do start noticing improvements. Um, I, I don't even remember how much weight I lost at the time, but just general fitness, um, abilities, you know, you just can wow yourself with uh, how much you can, um, you can progress, you know? Um, but yeah, that I'm trying to think of when that was, it was right before I actually, um, was pregnant with my first kid. So that was 2006, <clears throat> by the way. Um, this was when I was a second year in med school. So okay. I had a, a training for a half uh, marathon, which is intense, right? It takes up a lot right. of time. Because this yeah, is going to make a we're talking the listeners. Um, real quick, when was this marathon? Like what month of the year? Was it like a like a winter thing, a spring thing? April. So in spring of your second year of med school, as in when folks are freaking out, starting to like buckle down for the massive, terrifying, oh God, I'm going to die board exam. Yes. That's the timeline when you picked up this training. Or that's a timeline when you executed on this training. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty Helpful. badass. It's good for stress reduction, though. You're, you know, it really it. is. Clear your mind. Yeah. But I probably did listen to a lot of recordings, like <laughs> lectures recorded. <laughs> like lectures recorded. So, so <laughs> how did it affect your performance in school, in class? Did you notice any improvement, any change? I did not. I mean, it didn't go down, for sure. I mean, it did pretty well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it does help you focus. It helps you clear your mind and, um, and all those good things. 
Um, uh, and uh, particularly right now when we have all of this COVID stuff going on and you as a, not just a physician, but a, a clinic director, how does that help you throughout your day, this uh, routine that you have in uh, exercise? <laughs> With stress reduction, for sure. Um, everybody needs to have time to themselves during the day. You know, self-care is so important. Um, so uh, unless you want to see me at work, a crazy person, you know, and, and angry at everybody, um, you know, you have to be able to have these outs. You have to have the, these things that you're doing um, at home for self-care that's making you a pleasant person, right? Um, so is this why I never see you as an angry person? Because <laughs> I, I cannot think of a time where I've seen you angry or heard you angry. And we're we're right next door neighbors down the hall from each other. Yeah, and, and you're right. You're right to say that. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't be angry even if I didn't run, but so maybe that's not a fair statement. Um, I will but, say that the music from my office, which is right next to yours, is a profound anxiolytic classical guitar slash video game music is dope. That's true. I love whatever <laughs> you're playing. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like half Dragon Quest, half like Dragonborn. It's like whatever it is, I'm usually on board. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just enjoyable. If you enjoy running, it's, it's, you know, you, you love it and you want, um, you just want to do it, you know, uh, to make you feel better. Um, I sleep hard, you know, <laughs> you um, run hard, you sleep hard. exactly. Um, but it's great. I miss it. You know, there's, there's times when you have uh, injuries or overuse injuries and you have to cut yourself back and, or other times when you're tapering for a race and you're not like running as much as you want. Um, mm -hmm. And it almost gets kind of frustrating. You're like, I need to, <laughs> I need to run. <laughs> Actually, let, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, since we, we brought up the, the half marathon and then there's the fact that you're still a runner right now, talk about the training habit. Like mm -hmm. what's, what does that look like? Um, do you, uh, assuming complete naivety, right? Like, do you what slap on a pair of sneakers and just go until you can't? What's what does it look like to train as a running athlete? So it, it'll very much depend on what you're training for. Um, so different training plans can vary. Um, it can vary if you're doing mainly road races versus trail races. I like to do a lot of trail running, um, and so. Let me back up. So if you're going for like a half marathon or a marathon, your your training plan is going to be different. You might have, you know, two to three days during the week of shorter runs and then a longer run on the weekend, like building up to your race. And then those weekday runs or shorter runs, you might um, focus one day more on speed work or hill training. Um and then another day, like the other two, you might just kind of take easy or like maybe half, you know, half race pace or so. But um, and then the long runs, you want to take those really easy, um, really about 80 percent of your training. You actually want to do really easy training. Like you really don't want to overstress yourself on the training, um, but you might have like just that one day, maybe two where you are doing like um, tempo runs or speed runs or or crazy hill runs or something it's actually um, cool that you mentioned that um the 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 80 being light thing that that's a recurrent theme in uh some of the other training that we talk about uh uh strength training and power drills included it's there's this idea that i that we bring up a lot where it's kind of like a lot of your training should be pretty light and easy skill development uh getting the joints and the systems adapted but every now and again you gotta like flip the crazy switch mm-hmm but the emphasis is one rep max, but only every once in a while, not every day. Exactly. Yeah. If you're one rep yeah. maxing every day, you're you're killing yourself. But if yeah, you're never you're killing, killing it, right? you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to do that for sure. Um, but yeah, you want to have like one day where you're doing like you're pushing yourself, you know, and then you got to recover too. Um, and so, so, what does recovery look like? So you're gonna have some planned days where you just stretch. Um, or you don't do anything, or you might just walk leisurely, you know, um, depending on what you're doing, yo oh, yoga is always good. Um, depending on what you're training okay, we're, for, we're kind of yoga. You, you know, like I, I noticed that when I really moved over into more like the trail runs and a lot of like elevation gain and that kind of stuff. 
um, you, you have to add in strength training. Like you do so much better if you're doing, you know, you're working your legs, like you're strengthening your legs one day, not just running, you know, actually doing like <laughs> leg day. Um, and as well as your core, um, okay. just that kind of cross training is so right, important right. to running period. Um, and so that's important what it, to do. What does a leg day look like for you? <laughs> it depends. You know, I, I used to have a different routine when I, when I had the, the gym adjacent, I would go to the gym. Now I mostly do stuff. Are you talking about home? the gym down the road from our office or? Well, no, when I was in East Texas. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I was like, yeah. cause that gym is, it, it's, I didn't think we could handle runners actually. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so I have some different, um, you know, workouts, um, to, you know, for arms and chest and um, core and, and legs. Um, but yeah, I have, um, what I'm doing now is just like stuff I can do at home you know, where I don't, I don't have any sort of press or anything like that. So, um, but you know, so lunges, more, more and, squats, lunges, lunges and squats and kettlebell. And, kettlebells. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the, oh, yeah. you can really wear yourself out even just doing that. So, um, but you have to do it. I mean, it has to, you have to be purposeful about it and then you have to rest, you know, do a different body area the other. Um, so on, on the days you're lifting, you're not doing any running at all. Am I understanding that? No, like I'll do arms. I'll run and do arms. Um, and, and even actually, I don't do a really easy, um, an easy day on Wednesday now, um, and then do legs. And then my legs won't really hurt till the next day, <laughs> really Friday when I don't run on Friday. So um, <laughs> you don't run because you run them hard until they're hurting, you know, so maybe a rest. It's just, you kind of just have to stay with that, that routine and, and plan around it. Yeah. Makes sense. So for- sounds like the loadout for training it's uh predominant is is the running obviously because that's where the goals are cross training uh to some strength work recovery is on a yoga slash walking type of vibe it makes sense Foam roll i like i have the, the oh. stick <laughs> you know i don't yeah, know if you've seen roller. it yeah I, uh, I think i've seen it in a number of places they, they seem to be uh, yeah you'll see it sold at like any race available <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it the stick that's shaped like a question mark with a little ball knob thing at the end or which stick are we talking about i've seen a couple of weird ones no i mean or, it's like, like is a it rolling one that looks like a rolling pin yeah, yeah oh like that pin. yeah i got it got it yeah. well you could just do a rolling pin right you definitely could yeah <laughs> just make sure you hadn't done anything else with the rolling pin right exactly. before running right after keep running. it out of the kitchen plans for it there you go <laughs> So do you do any interval training, like high-intensity interval training or traditional interval training? What does that look like? Well, so when I when I hear interval, I think of something else. Um, like, I don't do any HIIT workouts, if that's, if that's kind of what you're yeah, asking. Yeah. I don't really do a lot of that. Um, interval training to me means like run, walk, right? <laughs> like I think like right, when right. I'm going to try to run at a fast pace and then slow it down and then run again. I'm, actually, so. I'm really glad you brought that up because – the, the the term interval training it is much broader than the term hit um mm-hmm. hit is like a very specific subtype of interval training i was giving a lecture to our residents actually a couple of months ago where we were talking about the different pacing doses you could do for uh for exercise it was kind of like look 90 percent of your patients are going to be some version of uh low intensity with spikes of uh spikes of high exertion but yeah. the vast majority of them by virtue of being our patients right in the primary care setting probably won't be doing Tabata or hit intervals, but they're going to know those words because that's what's popular. And then they're going to be like, all right, I got to run like, um, like Sean T on the insanity video. Right. And like, no, 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 I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Keep moving, keep moving. <laughs> and this is not a knock on beach body for the record. Actually, true story. I, ha- I have a subscription to their plan. I actually use them for my cardio personally. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, there's a difference between, Training like that, again, like you said, uh, deliberately with intention versus having that be like, like, you know how, like when you make a dish and you got like the ingredients, there's the main, there's like the base ingredient for the dish. And then there's the spice, like Shanti and his beautiful way of shouting at you. That's like the spice, man. That's not a damn dish. He would probably appreciate being called the spice, honestly. You know, he probably would. (laughs) <laughs> honestly when, when when you talk about the spice i'm thinking of dune really more than anything but we're not going into the blue eyes i'm, I'm gonna hold off on that entirely just <laughs> oh man 
Oh, we are nerds through and through right here on the show. This is actually the longest we've gone without making a Disney Wheel of Time and or other sci-fi reference. Uh, oh, we have plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> I figured, I figured. But we won't let it go. Yeah, so, there's a, yeah, you had to do it. Go for it. If you go want to talk it. about Disney, um, yeah. one of my favorite things I've ever done was the Dopey Challenge at Disney. I don't even the know what that means. The Dopey Challenge. Okay. Uh, what is the Dopey Challenge? Okay. 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 Gosh. Um, so it's the, it, it's early January is when they host okay. this at Disney World. Um, the Dopey Challenge is when you do uh, a 5K, then the 10K, then the half, then the marathon, four days in a row. What? What? So, yeah, they do Walt Disney World Marathon, you know. Um, right. And so I did this as a treat for my 40th birthday. Uh, it, Wait, you did this as a treat. Oh, I love it. Well, first of all, I love Disney World. Um, so well, any, excuse, <laughs> any excuse to go down there is right. But the marathon fell on my birthday. So it was like fate. Well, you, know, you, you had to. You had to. Really dope. You had to. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> it was really dopey. <laughs> there was a perfect setup. It was the perfect setup. It was. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was my 40th. The marathon was my birthday. Like, and, and it sells out too. Like you have to really get on it when when registration opens. Um, but it was really? oh, it was so wonderful. So you could run and you could do characters. You take pictures of the characters and then you kind of run to the next. Uh, you know, run to Wait, the next. Wait, during character. during the marathon, you're running from character to character. Yes. Yes. So you Whoa. know, you know how like okay. the characters there, and you wait in line yeah, and yeah. take a picture. So they have that all along the race for all of those races. Um, so Cinderella is passing out Gatorade during the race. Listen, no, she's not. Um, <laughs> I'm just assuming Gaston is somewhere in there, just like, you know, flexing hard. All of them. All of them are there. <laughs> you guys. And so it's so much fun. And then like one of the coolest things was, um, I mean, just even racing through Magic Kingdom was so cool. But one of the big things is like during the the marathon was um, if you could get to Animal Kingdom in time, I think it was about mile 13 ish, um, before mm-hmm. park opened, um, you could just go and like the ride the roller coaster. So that was like a goal to get there in time. Right. And so I got there like right in time and like, you could go ride that Yeti, oh, Expedition Everest, I think. Um, and get on the roller coaster. I Facebook lived it like on the roller coaster in the middle of the marathon. <laughs> it was so much so that fun. That was your break in the middle of the marathon. Did it count against your time? I totally left my GPS on because I wanted to see. Yeah. Oh, nobody cares about time though. On these. Oh my gosh, you're just goofing off the whole time. Um, so I left my GPS on. Like I was down to do this. I can't run worth a damn, but this sounds fun. It was so much fun. Okay, and then the whole rest of the day, you're walking 13, 14 miles in the parks, so you are really worn <laughs> Your out. Your legs are feeling like jello by the end. You really have to train. Like, yeah, you really have to train if you want to do it, but it's so, so fun. Okay, I, I have a logistic question about this. Because, mm-hmm. um, okay, so my wife and I, we did our honeymoon in Disney. Um, we we spent like two weeks in, in the general Orlando-ish area, Universal Studios, Disney World, yada, yada. Good time, Magic Kingdom. Good luck, have fun. It, can you fit? How do you run? It's twenty three point six, right? Or twenty six point three? How many miles in a marathon? Twenty six point two. Thank you. Twenty six point two. How do you run twenty six point two on? Was that all within the grounds of the Disney World, like I guess campus? Did you have to like loop over things? How do they fit that? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, you have to pull up the map sometime, but um, I have it in like- my head. The 5K just kind of goes like out the parking lot and comes around through Epcot, okay. um, you know, like around the world area. They would come around um, the 10K. I don't really. Oh, yeah. The, the 5K was kind of out and back. The 10K more went all the way through around Epcot. Um, by the way, my daughter did that one with me and it was so much fun. How old was your daughter during this? 11. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, she might have been 11 when she did. Dude, mad props <clears throat> to her. But yeah, yeah so she the 5K was already sold out, but, but she did a 10K um, with me. Like, I mean, we had costumes every day for this. It was great. Um, but uh, the half went um, all over the place. It went through into Magic Kingdom and then like around other areas. But the, the marathon actually went through um, 
Magic Kingdom. It went through then. It went through the um, Animal Kingdom. Uh, then we went to like around the uh, the sports complexes and stuff. Um, gotcha. And then it, you went to Hollywood Studios and you ran through that. Uh, and then you ended up at Epcot. So you want to go through all the parks plus the ESPN complex for the marathon. Da 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 da. Right. <laughs> running around all the fields and so you actually went down and ran on a baseball field it was really cool dude that sounds like like i have no punchline i have no snark on this one that sounds legitimately awesome it is um but there are, are dope <laughs> yeah yeah dopey. Dopey. why is it called dopey like what that doesn't that sounds like the opposite of dopey i mean it should be just called the dope weekend it should yeah, be the, yeah. dope, the dope challenge <laughs> oh, uh, could you imagine it become a dope challenge? <laughs> oh man! You might think no, you're signing up for something else. And then well, you, you might diabetics. You, you, you're thinking of Alice in Wonderland and those mushrooms. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Full disclosure: Everybody in this episode right now are parents. <laughs> um. And we're all grinning like the Cheshire cat right now. Jesus Christ. That's who I was for the 10K. What? <laughs> the Cheshire cat. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, I was. And, you know, had like, we're mad. We're all mad here. Um, <laughs> sure. And my yeah, daughter yeah. was the um, the queen of hearts. So she was all decked out oh. looking like the queen of hearts. <laughs> Classic. Nice. Classic. Very nice. Very happy on birthday. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, that was her birthday. So. <laughs> Hilarious. Nice. Yeah. So on the, on the show, just because we're inundated by, you know, it's our lives. We're, we're talking pretty frankly here. And it, it took until the past maybe two or three months for my son to stop actively singing the entire soundtrack of Frozen 1 and 2 and Olaf's Big Adventure and the Christmas special in order um, mm -hmm. until he eventually moved on to something else. So just because of happenstance, there seems to be an, a nonstop stream of incidental Disney and lately Pixar references. Um, but yeah, this was the longest we went without one. And then we went full Disney. So I guess this more than makes up for that. If you find a way to work in the wheel of time, then this is a standard episode. <laughs> the show. Yeah. Well, there's only 14 books to choose from there. So we've got plenty of opportunity. <laughs> um, that, so that that's the closest I've gone to a marathon. It's going through that series. Well, that is a marathon of a, of a source uh, of a sort. Yeah. Yeah. After what? Seven times 35. So that puts us at two after about 250 hours of listening. I am just almost halfway through the series. It's an audiobook. Yeah. You've been, you've been working on that for years too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to take a break to read something easy, like uh, particle physics. I don't know something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I took a legit vacation to read like some heavy like textbook stuff because I needed a break from that series goes so deep into the mechanisms of their magic. I'm I'm actually getting like I feel like I'm getting a PhD in a whole system that doesn't even exist. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of systems that don't, don't exist. Um, so, Dr. Maria, when you have a patient that you feel professionally speaking, may actually benefit from running and they don't have a system built in. They've never run before, but they need to do something. How do you get a patient started into running? Because honestly, you know, the marathon stuff is cool stuff. I've actually done one myself um, back in medical school, incidentally, but it can seem like it really intimidating and that that could get in the way of patients doing it so how do you introduce patients into the running world i wish you could see you right now just it's like grinning and like i want to jump out of my seat um, we can hear it in your I, in your speech <laughs> i just i love this topic i'm so glad you asked um i love doing this um so i'm a big fan of um you know couch to 5k um, mm -hmm. I've got several plans that I'll give to patients and, and we'll always start with walking plans. Um, you're right. It is a little intimidating. It's, it's, you know, to think about like, I'm just going to get out there and run. I mean, no. <laughs> um, but you that would lead to a heart attack if you just yeah. started turning to run a, a marathon. I mean, that right. was the plot of Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do um, Forrest Gump. 
you know, just don't decide to run and then not stop. But you do, you know, I, I have plans that I, I have given out to so many people. Yes. Um, but you start with walking just, you know, 10, 15 minutes and you do that. And, you know, until that's like, that's no big thing. Or, you know, depending on where they're at, we might start a little bit more advanced, but, just, you know, wherever that beginner level is for that patient. And then we'll build up, um, you know, maybe you if, if they're not doing anything, you know, try three days a week preferably five, you know, just build up. Um, and then eventually, you know, you can get up to where you're walking. Uh, you can do three miles straight, just comfortable, no big deal. Right. Um, and then from there, you know, I have folks back where, okay, walking is really easy. Um, I want to start, you know, depending on what the goal is, I want to start to burn some more calories or weight loss, or just, I want to run, be able to run. Um, then you start just little intervals, you know, you're going to jog for 10 seconds and then you're going to walk again for the rest of the minute. Um, or, you know, some people will be like, I'm going to run to the stop sign if they have a particular route. Okay. I'm going to run this little distance and then I'll, I'll walk. So you just start adding it in slowly and then your legs remember your lungs. Remember <laughs> you just start conditioning yourself. Um, and then it's nothing. And then you push a little bit more. You just build. You just keep building on top of that. And it's, it's so rewarding. Um, you know, of course it's, it's such a great feeling when you do that for yourself, but it's also a wonderful feeling when you see your patients doing it, um, and having that same, like, <laughs> look in their sparkle in their eyes that you know very well. So like, um, I can tell you've been running like, oh, you, you know, it is great. It's, it's the most underutilized treatment for depression and anxiety. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's, anyone can do it. I mean, just being out, not necessarily running, but just walking, being out in nature. Being um, out in nature is, is definitely very therapeutic for sure. And yeah, it's amazing that you brought that up unscripted, the, uh, the depression and running um, connection. Uh, a couple episodes back, we were mapping out uh, specifically some of the, uh, the neuro anatomy, uh, the neurophysiology, I'm sorry, of anxiety and depression and how it pertains to uh, to movement, um, mm -hmm. broadly speaking. And the, the thesis of it was ultimately uh, specifically in regards to um, the depression and anxiety systems. And in a very formal level, the treatment is actually to move. And I don't mean that in a like a pedantic way. It's the software, or so the hardware in your brain that runs the software for anxiety and depression is identical to the software that's modulated by targeted movement so in a very like like the same way that you know how like if your computer is malfunctioning and you just hit it then sometimes you get lucky and it, and it starts to work sometimes you can just clear the malfunction pause start over whatever by going for some heavy activity but the literature is pretty significant that it's actually running um to be fair it's running at a significant at a certain level of exertion but yeah, yeah, yeah it's we were just talking about that maybe a yeah. couple weeks ago and hearing you say that organically was really, really nice. Honestly. It, it was yeah. perfect. You know, there's, there's this paper that just came out showing that running increases the number of cells that are sensitive to serotonin and then increases their sensitivity to serotonin. And we, we all know serotonin is that drug that or not the drug, but the chemical in the brain that uh, seems to be intricately uh, connected to depression and mood. Yeah, yeah. So what better way to increase your mood than to get out and make yourself more sensitive to happiness? <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. It does improve your mood. Sometimes you don't want to get out for a run, especially if, if it's cold <laughs> or rainy. Well, yeah. But at yeah. the end of every run, you never regret going, you know? Right. I mean, you just don't. You always feel better at the end. Right. And that's the, the fun part about training in general. It's uh, so I, I've made a habit of recording a lot of my exercise um, and putting it on, on my Instagram or on my Facebook. Yeah. Uh, mostly to keep myself accountable. Like I actually hate posting and being online, but I figure if I post online and I do it uh, significantly enough, people will one notice and two kind of expect it. Like I've had intervals where folks would be like, yo, where's, why haven't you been posting? What's going on? And I'm like, I haven't been training. And it's like, I don't like keeping that shame. You, keep, keeping you accountable. Right. But the reason I, if you watch any of those videos, for the record, I'm publicly available online. I guess that's a pleasant plug-in for myself. 
Um, I'm almost always training in shorts or shirtless in my garage, regardless of the season, because it sucks and I hate it all the time. We have but, talked about interval, intermittent living in the past, and I, I think this is kind of fits within that uh, realm. Well, what I was getting at was, after, so I always hated like opening the door, entering the garage, and starting the thing. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this to myself again? One, I could be wearing some damn clothes. Two, it's like two degrees outside. Why? Just, ah! And then I finish my training, and I'm like, you know, hell, I'm really glad I did that. In fact, I'm not even that, I'm not even that cold right now. Just because I'm sweating all over the damn place. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good. This was worth it. And then I'm, I'm good for the rest of the night. Uh, I say night because while back I used to train in the daytime but with the way our schedules uh, uh between my wife and I my kids growing up we, we shifted me training to the nighttime but back back uh about a year ago when I was training at like 6 a.m man after doing like a hard uh training series in my garage at like 6 a.m as the sun's rising in like 30 degree weather dude the rest of the day is goddamn cake yeah whatever comes at you you can handle it Right. <laughs> you know, I want to circle back. Um, you had mentioned like you, accountability and, and you don't really like posting, but you do. I have never told you this, but there has been several times where I'm sitting on my couch and just <laughs> scrolling through Facebook. Um, and when I should be working out and I have seen your post and just I'll go, all right. Okay. I'll get off <laughs> All right. Like, and then I'll go. Um, so there has been a few times. Yes, you have actually inspired me to get up and do what I'm supposed to be doing, even though I was very tired from the day. Um, and, and your kids are like, "Oh, did you see his post again?" <laughs> well, no. So yeah, I, I yeah I work out late too, just like uh, just like he does. So it's always like it, it's always a late thing, but. Um, but yeah, and and you know, people have told me the same. Like, okay, yeah, I'll post like runs and um, that kind of stuff, and people do tell you that. Like, hey, yeah, you know what? I really motivated. Honor, you know, it's, yeah, it's like I got out of I got out the door because of you, and so like, really, <laughs> you know, right. like, that's awesome. It, it's a that's strange perfect. privilege because it it um so we haven't been shy about how much we hate social media, in spite of being a podcast right. which is a little <laughs> it, it's a little uh self-hypocritical deal with it it's yeah can't it is what it is similar but, but different yeah. enough right exactly but um the system don't hate the game right but there's something to be said like social media if we can downplay some of the weird uh like manipulations on the psyche dopamine stuff and just focus on the fact that it connects people mm-hmm. i've been able to and a lot of us who do this for for a living have been able to reach a lot more people both for better or for worse because of that type of platform. Like I've had patients who met me online before they met me, which is a very strange feeling when they show up in my office. Like I know you, sir. And I'm like, that's really weird. Don't say it like that. But I understand what you're saying. Kind of creepy, kind of creepy. But I mean, I put myself out there and it's, there's this thing where because the identity that, I put out and that honestly you and I put out for the show and anybody else who's it's one thing to passively scroll through Facebook and just consume media. It's another thing to actively generate content. Right. Right. And I, you figure if you're generating content, you might as well do something worthwhile. And I figured there's nothing more worthwhile than keeping myself accountable to myself in such a way where if anybody wanted to do that with me, at least they know they're not alone. And that's different from posting cat videos or complaining about politics, which is real, obviously. But one, I'm really honored that I was able to help inspire you to train every now and again. But two, it's this, it's this really cool thing where that accountability is really nice, especially, um, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that, about it than that, actually. Well, Social media is useful. I- I have to admit, I've seen uh, Dr. Marie. I've seen your running post, and I've and I've thought, oh wow, she is running. Look at that. Look at her go. Maybe I should start. <laughs> I I think it's inspiring, honestly. Yeah. That, uh, you, you put yourself out there and say, look, this is what I'm doing, and it, it's not a look at me. I'm so amazing because I ran oh, yeah. the Dopey Marathon. It's it's like I'm not winning no races. <laughs> I ain't gonna win no races, but 
I'm you are you are living your the the advice that you give your patients, and that's important, I think, for patients to see. Like, you know, Dr. Maria really believes in this stuff. She's doing it. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough for us as physicians to give patients advice unless we're actually following our own advice. You know, otherwise, you know, they look at you and they're like, you're not doing you're not doing any running. You're not doing any yoga. Why are you telling me to do it if you're not doing it yourself? You know? Yeah. The The coolest thing was, um, so, you know, b- before I moved back to Fort Worth, I was in East Texas for um, uh, about nine years and very, very small town. And it was so cool because, um, you know, it was like one main park that had like the jogging trail and stuff. And I would, I would run there a lot. Um, when it was nice, or I'd run at the track if my son had football practice or something. I'd, I'd stay at practice and then run the run the tracks. So you gotta get in your training, right? Um, right, the, right, right. The coolest thing was to see my patients. You know, that I have like put on a, a plan or was like, you know, had to use ex. You know, talk about exercise as a way to. Um, treat hypertension before starting meds, like all these people you encourage to exercise and then you see them out at the track or at the park. That was the coolest. Like here I'm just minding my business, you know, running around and here's my patients waving at me. Oh, you know, like sometimes I'd be out there and there would be like three or so that I'd see in just in one day. And, you know, we'd high five and it was just so cool. Like, like, oh my gosh, these guys are out here. Like they're actually doing it. And, and some had started years ago and, you know, I'd, every time I'd go out there, they'd be out there, um, still, you know, and really stuck with it. And, um, it, it was just, that's one of the coolest things to me is being able awesome. to share that. Awesome. Um, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's living, that's living your advice. That's exactly what we should be doing. And now question for you technology there's all sorts of apps for running mm-hmm. um, map my run map my walk uh, any number of other apps and then uh, the smart watches the yeah. pedometers and all that kind of stuff um, do you use any smart watches or or any technology to monitor your heart rate monitor distance or do you just ooh, ooh. go for time uh yeah <laughs> forget time <laughs> what <laughs> You picked the wrong person. <laughs> no. So uh, yeah, so I have um I've got one of those garments. Um and I and I use it like I'm not a jewelry person or a watch person even ever. It was, it was so funny when I bought it. I was like, maybe I'll only run it when I run wear it when I run. Um and then you know the, the guy was like, you know, I used to think the same thing. Now I feel so naked without it. <laughs> that's that's me. Like if it's not on my wrist, I'm I'm like, where is it? I know. It's just weird. Um, but I do wear my Garmin. Um, it's great. I, I, um, of course I track my uh, runs, like mileage and stuff. Um, it's, you know, syncs to the uh, phone app, the, the Garmin app. Um, so it's really cool. Um, it syncs to some other things, um, that I do as well. I'll get, I might get back to that. Um, but, heart rate you mentioned and i want to bring that up that's that's really good this one has heart rate on it you know mm-hmm. and i haven't done a whole lot of heart rate training um just because i guess by the time i really learned more about it and stuff i was already kind of doing my thing and had a pretty big mileage base um right but right. you know i've actually like was on a pretty big hiatus from running like this past year um and just started back like you know, about a month or so back, like dedicated routine, like usual. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? It it always feels like starting over. It's like, I'm going to do this right. My long runs. um, I've been like heart rate training and using my watch like crazy. Like I'll get where I like, I don't want to leave zone two or I'll heart. I'm only going to be in, you know, 120 to 135. I'm not, I'm just going to keep it really low. And so you have to really slow your speed down and watch that heart rate. Um, because you want to build that solid base again. So I was like, I'm going to do this right <laughs> this time. Um, and you know, really start slow, make sure I don't injure myself and that kind of good stuff. So man, having that heart rate uh, monitor on there is, is really good. Um, 
So how would someone who's starting into running, what advice would you give them for tracking their heart rate? Uh, percentage of max based on age? I mean, how, how do you kind of go about doing that? Well, yeah. I mean, for sure, you don't want to be past your max heart rate. Like you want to do 220 minus your age. Okay. It's going to be like your max heart rate. You really don't want to be training above that. Okay. Like 80% of that is, you know, is, is good. Um, is where is, is heavy training. Um, so you don't want to overdo it. That is one really good way, um, to monitor if you are first starting. Um, because if you're reaching your heart, you know, your max heart rate, um, slow it down. You know, you're going to wear yourself out. 220 minus age and then multiply that by 0.8 to get uh, where you need to be. To the top, to the top end. Yeah. Well, to the top end. So you're you're really going to want to be, so you're, you're, you're saying more like 60 to 70% of, of where you want to be. You can be closer to 60%. Um, but you don't, but I think the biggest thing, you're not going to be like watching it that that hard. I don't think right, right off the bat, um, no, as far as no. like zone training and stuff. But I, yeah, the biggest thing to, to, to be aware of is that max heart rate. Like you don't want to be overdoing it. You know, you don't like, Oh, I'm going to push myself. Like that's, it's not worth it. You know? Um, so that is one good thing to look at. If you go out your first day and you're running at 180, your heart rate's in the one eighties, then just slow down. <laughs> you know? uh, you, you may be pushing it a little bit. Eventually, uh-huh. you know, you get more comfortable doing things and you'll be able to, okay, I mean, I want to push myself a little bit more and then your heart rate will, will be able to, to control that better. Um, and so, I mean, I like I said, I, I previously never did. It's not, it's not necessary by any means, but a lot of people swear by it. You know, there's been there's tons of research on it. So. Yeah. I was going to so, say with yeah, my, pa- with my patients. Um, so we all work in the same clinic. Our, um, because our patient demographic is tends to be very limited with our financials, I, I tend to not recommend it. Not because it's a bad thing, obviously. If they can afford it, dude, rock on. Yeah. But I, I gave them I want I want to see if what I'm saying is reasonably good for the running context. So opportunity to get corrected, hopefully. Um in order to mimic some of the heart rate targets for somebody who can't quite feel it, what I've been saying was something to the effect of um so light intensity training, whether it's running or any other cardiovascular thing is like at the pace where you can still talk ish while doing it for indeterminate time versus moderate being something like, all right, you can do this for like 40, 50 minutes if you had to, but you can't do it while talking. Like you have to shut up and breathe while you're doing the work versus the high intensity. It was something to the akin of like, uh, one, you're breathing heavy, but two, it's like, even if you're focused on that breath and you're pushing it, you notice you cannot put out that level of exertion for longer than a few minutes before having to dial it down. That was kind of how I was breaking it down for those who don't have the opportunity to use a, a heart rate monitor. Is that yeah. a reasonable way to do it? Do you have a better way to, to break it down? No, that's that's exactly right. I mean, low intensity is going to be you conversational. Moderate is going to be you can talk, but you cannot sing. And oh, I like that. Yeah. And then high intensity is like it's you can't carry on a conversation. Okay. At that at that yeah. point, you're going to be breathing so heavy you don't want to talk, right? Yeah, <laughs> hard to carry on a conversation. Yeah, but moderate, you could still talk reasonably, but you cannot sing. So that's that's kind of where moderate. Falls. It's funny you bring up the singing one. So um, now that you've built right, up, I, I need some help here. Um, Frontman for Aerosmith. Um, there's a psychological. Tyler, are you asking his name? Thank you. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> what? I, I think appreciate I you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, the front man for Aerosmith, Steve Tyler, um, he was, I, I was listening to like an interview of him once upon a time where he was talking about how he trained for his, uh, his performances. Cause they were just such dynamic uh, shows. And he, he would throw in a pair of rollerblades and just skate as hard as he could while belting his list, nice. uh, his, 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 um, his uh yeah his his piece for the for the performance because he figured if if his lungs can handle him going hard while singing yeah then he's good to go for the stress of being on stage because apparently being on stage for him you know I mean look it's him I mean it was, it was screaming terrifying but at the same time like yeah he, the way he conditioned his heart and his mind was rollerblading as intensely as he could that's about how eighties as this conversation can get <laughs> while um singing his pieces and I'm like that's pretty dope. And then I hear about the um, 
uh, the the piece where you can sing uh, walk but not sing, and I'm like, does that apply to him? Yeah. yeah. So in, in that case, it's can you roll and not and, and sing? There you go. So now now that you get the physical fitness component, your body's physically fit. Uh, from what I understand, there's a huge psychological component that. Uh, especially once you hit that 20, 20th, 21st, 22nd mile. So what do you do for the psychological training to prepare yourself for the longer distances? Man, that's a really good question. Um, you, yeah, you'll hear that time and time again that running is so psychological. Like it's it's mental, right? Like you can put all the training you want. Your legs can be fine, but it is a mental race, especially these long distance. Um, you know, it, and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I do like the longer races, like ultra marathons, like 50 Ks, um, hundred Ks. I have no idea. Like yeah. And, and so wow. when you're doing those long runs, like it gets, it gets to you, like you, you have all that self-talk, like, and this is so comparable to real life, uh, like real other struggles, you know, you have that self-talk, like, I can't do it. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Uh, you get those lows um, where you're just like, nope, that's it. I'm just, I'm going to quit. Um, and you have to push through that because, you know, a mile down the road, you may be totally fine again. And you're like, dang, I'm glad I didn't quit. Right. I'm feeling good again. <laughs> um, I just, all I needed was a PBJ or, you know, but, um, and that's so comparable to, real life struggles, right? Like so many times we're in like heavy stuff and we're like, no, I'm out. <laughs> and so when you know you shouldn't, and then sometimes you just got to have that grit and push through, right? And persevere. And training and, and doing these races has taught me so much of how to deal with things outside of, things outside of running. <laughs> so it, it really, um, it really helps you do that. Um, but back to your, back to your specific question, just like, yeah, getting through the actual race is so mental um, about just having like, you know, to stick with it. And a lot of things you have to pre-plan, you know, you have to, you have to plan ahead and, you know, plant drop bags here. You know, you're going to want to change your socks here. You got to do a lot of planning because during the race, you're like, you know, your brain's not working right. You're tired. You don't want to, you don't want to do anything. Um, and so a lot of the, like that pre-planning helps. Um, and that helps you in real life too. You want to start pre-planning stuff. So you know, the days you're going to be tired. You've got it all squared away already. Oh, um, that's a great idea. And the other so, thing. Just, almost, just for the record, yeah. I'm like a low key prepper kind of person sometimes. And <laughs> What you just said makes me actually want to run. There you go. But you... Like like that that scenario, I'm like, wait, so working through weird ass adversity, trying to prepare for bad outcomes, logistic planning to make sure you can get through bad stuff. That that's how you're training. And I'm like, son of a bitch, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna be <laughs> like full on yeah. uh hundred milers, like like self-supported no aid stations that's gonna be you just you in a head um with like hidden that, drop that, that, in the woods right that legitimately sounds fun i you know, i could see him just him in a headlamp honestly sure um the other thing that's so similar that's to real life is stop um the, the other thing that's so similar is okay a lot of these longer trail races like uh 50k or longer distance or 50 mile or longer you can have um a pacer um and um, that's real common. So a pacer is like your buddy because you know you're going to want to quit. Uh, you're not going to be taking in nutrition when you when you need to because your brain's not working right. Um, you know, they it's just you have a buddy to help you. They they bring you in. They pace you to make sure you're staying up to speed because uh, you most of these races have cutoffs and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like real life, right? You got to have a buddy. <laughs> Somebody's gonna push you when you need that push, make you rest when you need to rest, uh, tell you to eat, <laughs> you know, tell you to keep going. Um, sometimes even change your socks for you. <laughs> you have to close your eyes in the chair for a second. Um, so, so I I know who to go to when I need my socks changed in the day. 
For sure. For sure. I'll be your sock person. Your sock buddy. But that is so cool. The, isn't it? Like, you know that, what's even that is so it's, real. It's cooler to be a pacer for somebody. Like, I love doing that um be like oh yeah i'll just do the this 20 mile section with you you're the one that's gonna be dog ass tired but i'm gonna be fresh i'm just gonna do this 20 i'll help you out that's kind of how the pacer thing works right you get to be someone's john t huh you get to be someone's john t you can do this yeah you can keep on moving keep on moving i'm right here with you exactly dig deeper Exactly right. Like, come on, come on. Okay, come on, come on. Um, yeah, usually you'll stay in front. And then, you know, a lot of these races go overnight. So you're in front with the headlamp and trying to find the, where the trail markers are. So you stay on the other person's behind you like, like a zombie just following you. Like, I don't care. Just keep me going. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's Pacer's role. That's, that's a fun job to have if you ever have that privilege. So I, I need to go into this a little bit more. Um, so this ultra marathon phenomenon sounds amazingly dope. Can you talk talk about one? Like talk uh when, when's the most recent one you've done? Um yeah, just pre-covid, um I did the pumpkin hauler 100k in Oklahoma. Talk about it. How how did that go? What was the training like? What was the experience of it? Just this is something that I so this is the stuff I want the people listening to the show to hear like this is such a cool experience that only exists if you're in this world, right? Like, I don't know this world. This is crazy. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> it is really crazy. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, if I'm going 100K, I'm gonna. It's gonna involve four wheels. Yeah. For the, <laughs> the the most I've ever run was 10 miles, or I guess that amounts to like 22K or something. That's the most I've ever put out. Yeah, I mean, let me clarify. And when I say I ran 100K. There's a lot of walking going on, um, especially if you're doing places with like a lot of uh, hills and incline, like if you know what I mean, a lot of rocks and stuff. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, yeah. You're going to walk, obviously, uh, or power hike, you know, and run when you can. Um, but this, so this just came, so you just evolved from running to field craft. This got more badass. Trail running is where it's at. I think, you know, they, they joke about this just natural progression. Like you're in your twenties and you're, you're just naturally fast and you're running like five Ks and then road races and half marathons. And then you just get older and you're like, I'm going to stick to trails because everybody's just laid back and <laughs> doing their own thing and going slow is cool and acceptable. And you get to snack the whole time. Like that's trail running. Oh, Are y'all sold? I'm, so I'm not gonna lie this is actually so again we, we we like to grow from our show so this is actually genuinely making me want to like like throw on some clothes and get out of here and go for i'm, I'm so the the recording studio for me is literally my my dressing closet so just so we're gonna have to do the rolling bones 5k and make it a trail race is that is that what you're saying the next episode is just gonna be an audio feed of us breathing we're <laughs> <laughs> With me in the background. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You can do you're it. Gonna be, you're going to be our pacer. You're going to be our pacer. Not for a 5K, bro. <laughs> no, trust me. You'll need to be our pacer for a 5K. All right. All right. We'll allow it. But, but, but back to this back to this Oklahoma run, please. This this is a story that I that I got to hear. So talk, oh. talk about the training. Talk about what led up to it. Talk about the event itself. Like, this is... I've never spoken to a, to a person who's run an ultra marathon before. Honestly, oh, this man. is a foreign phenomenon for me. Oh, I, yeah, we should have talked about this before. Um, I've done a bunch. There's really cool ones I've done, but this this one was fun. So let me back up even a little bit more, um, even back to when we were talking about yeah, social media and internet. So I've been doing this um, online challenge for this is my seventh year. It's called Run the Year. So your the goal is to run you know, 2021 miles in the year. Um, this is my seventh year doing it. Um, it's just an online community. And this is like one of the best things about running is the running community period, like total supportive, total meeting all these badass people that just inspire you and give you tips and tricks, you know? Um, so of course at doing this, I've met these other people who I love dearly. Um, and there's a huge group of friends that have been doing this for years, uh, anywhere from 
you know, Minnesota to California to uh, Massachusetts, all over um, that know each other from from doing this. And so we have met up different places, like huge groups of us, like 15, 20, all like these strangers that know each other from online. And we'll meet at these destination races and like and do them. So like there was a ton of us out for Little Rock Marathon one year and we had so much fun. Um, and there was another one in, in Tennessee that's a big deal. It's called the Pistol. Um, and literally my, um, you know, you get medals uh, a lot of times for um, the ultras, you get buckles um, right. for the, you know, when you finish. And this finishers, like I did something called the Double Barrel, um, which was a 50K immediately followed by a 50 miler. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that was the double barrel challenge. They did like both races in the same weekend. And like literally my, um, the, the award was like a, it was a pistol. <laughs> so, what? And that's one of the things like, we not that you can fire, no, you can't fire it. I'll have to show you. I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Oh, uh, Yeah. And so the pistol cannot be fired. (laughs) Like, listen to this. Like, so it was actually one of the, one of the years, a lot of them came down to Cowtown, um, you know, which is our home, our hometown race. And there was, I don't know, 15 or 20 of us there. And um, we were sitting around at brunch and we were talking about all these like cool races we want to do. And, you know, we pick them out based on the medals um, or like, you know, the, the weird place it is. And so this one, like somebody's like, "Have you guys seen this pistol?" <laughs> so we all, so we made it a thing, and we all trained for it the next year. Um, nice. And so there was like a huge group of us out this one in Tennessee. Um, all like we did various um, distances and stuff, and we had like base camp and cheered everybody on. It was just awesome. And um, and so yeah, we done like all these different places and. Um, we've crewed each other at different trail races and you know like maybe one person has a personal goal they're trying to go after like one year we all went to Oklahoma um one of the girls was doing her first hundred miler on this tough trail and so we all just went out there was like her and then like 10 other people that just went just to help crew she had 10 pacers yeah we all took turns we all did like our own like distances like smaller distances for races then like um I don't remember what I did. And then I went out at night and wound up doing like 20 miles uh, with her, you know, like different parts since she was doing a hundred. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that was so much fun. Um, so that that's kind of how these meetups have been happening too. And then the um, pumpkin hauler was another fun one. Um, a lot of times you get the same people back at the same races year after year, you know? And so it's like, uh, you, you weren't know, like, carrying any pumpkins, were you? So actually at the start finish, there's a pumpkin hanging uh, at the start finish line. And so you slap it when you start. Um, and when you, when you do finish, you have to come and you have to like, you know, hit the pumpkin. That's just like a ritual. So we definitely have all pictures, you know, hitting the pumpkin, you just smash the pumpkin, but. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins. What about smashing pumpkins? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great band. But yeah. Um, but this, this one was really cool. Um I didn't like all the like mostly crushed rock, like Jeep, Jeep uh, road kind of stuff. It really beat up my feet, but I much prefer dirt. Um, but it was more gravel than anything. Yeah. And so, but it was really cool. Um, really beautiful. Um, of course. And, um, we, we just had a ton of fun doing it. I mean, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So uh, I gotta admit, so we, we have been talking about social disconnect. Uh, disconnection and um, physical disconnection and uh, disconnection from nature. And you're describing reconnecting with everything we've been talking about people needing to do. So all in one one fell swoop, you've reconnected with nature, with your body, with your friends. It's really a, a, it sounds like a great treatment for depression, a great antidepressant. Yeah, definitely a good prevention. That's for sure. you you got to have those connections uh, and you really do find your tribe and, and roll with them. Right. Right. Or run with them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this case, run. <laughs> do we do roll down some hills. Um, I, I do roll with my tribe, but I'm also a jujitsu guy sometimes. So it kind of, 
they both work right now, okay? They work. They work. But, um, but you you had asked about the specific training for these. Um, and, there, you know, you can always look at different plans and then modify them um, to suit your needs. You know, um, when you get to the higher distances, yeah, you're doing a lot of back-to-back. You're doing a lot of back-to-back runs. On the weekends, you might do like a a 20 miler and then a 30 miler the next day you're really not going to run much more than than 30 and i mean one given day you're going to do like 16 and 25 or somewhere in that <clears throat> in that range for your back-to-backs but you might have like in the 60s to 70 miles in the week um you know just get building up to those races so it does take up so, a lot of time when you're when you're actually training for something like that it it does really consume a lot of your time so you're never running for your distance runs anything like you know i know some folks when they train for marathons they their long runs they build up to 80% of the total distance they would be expected to run for a marathon but you you really can't do that for the ultra marathon can you no, no, not for those. You're, you're going to do more like just practice running on tired legs, like the back-to-back long runs. Um, and stuff. Oh, and, and so that, you, you'll do back-to-back runs of like 20 miles one day and 20 miles the next day kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Just r- running on tired legs is, is the practice there. But yeah, you're not, you don't keep going up like a, you know, half marathon, your longest training run might be sometimes even eight, but usually like 10 miles. Um, and then, yeah, for a marathon, it'll, you'll be like, get up to your 20 mile will be your longest. Maybe some people will do 16. Um, but yeah, for these, you don't like a, if you're training for a hundred mile or you're not going to like do 80 miles <laughs> the, the couple of weeks before <clears throat> it'll, you'll, you'll stop. Yeah. That, that kind of might burn you out. Yeah. That, it does escalate like that. So I think we're going to need her and never, in case we ever go full walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's my takeaway from yeah. this whole conversation right now. Yeah. All right. If if we if we go full Walker, get get him Shetty, grab Maria, let's go. Yeah, I'll be Michonne. Uh, yeah, <laughs> give me the sword. Um, yeah, right. Or or the bow. Yeah, or the bow. But yeah. Well, if we'll they're go. the Walking Dead, if you can run at all, you can get away from them, right? We'll go the there. Dead. You go. <laughs> and not no, sleep, and, and apparently we don't require sleep either, so that's fine. <laughs> I'll keep watching. <laughs> oh, that was, that well, was that's pretty cool. Uh, we are, we're so, so glad fun. to have you uh, talk about all this. Uh, one last question for you real quick. Uh, any advice for, for new runners for recovery? I know I've, I've heard people say use Icy Hot on your muscles before you go out for the run so that you don't uh, suffer as much of the uh, consequences of the long run, but do you have any advice or tips for preventing injury um, and preventing uh, like post race soreness, that kind of stuff? Yes. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do. What, number one, listen to your body. Uh, if it's hurting, don't push it, you know, especially in training mode, <clears throat> give it a couple of days and then get back to it. Uh, you don't want to overuse injury if it's not necessary. Now, so if it's actual race you've been training for and you're like, you know, some people will push through. Um, but when you're training, no, forget it. Um, you really want to give your legs a break. You know, when when you do have a rest day, those are important. You really should rest. Um, roll your muscles, stretch, stretch, and stretch some more. I mean, that is, that is a big mistake, I would say. And, and mistakes that I've made plenty of times where I feel like, oh, I haven't been stretching. Um, you want to do that. Um, you got to be kind to your muscles, right? Um, some will take ice baths. Some, some people will soak, do Epsom salt, like, and soak in the tub. Um, just anything to, to really relax those muscles. You can go for a walk. I mean, you're not going to overdo it. You can just stay loose. <clears throat> a lot of times, even people go for shakeout runs and stuff, but. Um, you really do have to, when you have those rest days in your schedule, like you really do have to honor them. Um, and again, make sure you're stretching, stretching, stretching and a foam roll or whatever it is that, that you might use to get those muscles eased up and then, and then you can go back at it. Awesome. Awesome. And Dr. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. Great conversation. We are definitely going to have you back. 
And everyone, thanks for joining us with Bowl and Bones, the osteopathic podcast where we talk about your body, your health, and how to fix things. We'll talk to you next time. Rollin' Bones, the osteopathic podcast, is brought to you by Dr. James Aston and Dante Paredes. We'd like to note that medicine is a constantly changing science and art with various approaches from practitioner to practitioner. This podcast represents the Rollin' Bones doctor's views of osteopathic medicine and OMT and will be as evidence-based as possible. Now, comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors are welcome, but no money from drug or device companies is accepted. By listening to this podcast, you agreed not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including, but not limited to, patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This applies to the hosts, guests, and contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall James Aston, Dante Paredes, or any guests or contributors to the podcast be responsible for damages arising from use of the podcast. Please visit us on Twitter at Rollin' Bones Pod or send us messages at rollandbonespod at gmail.com. Thank you.